God is more merciful than we can ever imagine. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. This is your brother, Jesse Jarb, coming at you from North Carolina, USA, with something new. A podcast exclusive for today on Christian Thoughts. That is correct. A podcast exclusive. God and His mercy. You can all you can you can say that this will be a part two for when we talked about God's mercy in the first place. God and His mercy. God has so much mercy, ladies and gentlemen, more mercy than we can ever imagine. More mercy than we can ever fathom, if you will. God has more mercy on us, on this world, than we can even think about. What we got to stop doing, ladies and gentlemen, is thinking that God only has mercy on Christians or Jews. What we got to stop thinking is, ladies and gentlemen, that God only has mercy on few and not all. For I believe that, ladies and gentlemen, if God didn't have mercy on everyone, this world would perish in an instant. This world would be no more. If God didn't have the mercy that he has, the Bible says that God's mercy is forever, that God's mercy is unfathomable, that God's mercy is everlasting. If God didn't have that kind of mercy, ladies and gentlemen, this world would be no more. This world would perish. So, ladies and gentlemen, what we got to remember and what we got to understand is that God's mercy is for everyone. No matter who, no matter what we think, God's mercy is for everyone. God's mercy is for those that don't even deserve His mercy. As a matter of fact, none of us, none of us deserve the mercy of God or deserve God's love. But God, in His ever, ever great love, gives it to us anyway. God loves us anyway. God loves us even though we don't deserve His love. God gives us mercy even though we don't deserve His mercy. Because that... It's God being a great God, being a good God, being an awesome God. And on top of that, that is God not going against His Word. The Bible says that God is not a man for He to lie, nor are they son of a man for Him to regret or repent. So he's not a man for him to lie. He's not the son of a man to regret or repent. So that means, ladies and gentlemen, that he can't go against his word. His word says that his mercy endures forever. So he has mercy that endures forever. His word says that he is an everlasting and ever-loving God. So he has to be an ever-loving God. Because he can't go against his word. He can't. God, ladies and gentlemen, loves everyone. God has mercy. More mercy than we can ever expect. And as I said before, we can't, as Christians or as believers of God, we can't take God and make him only have mercy on us as Christians. 
or on us as his, as his people. Whether we be Christian, whether we be Jewish, whether we be whatever we may be, believers in his word. We can't take God, ladies and gentlemen, and make him act like or make him look like what we already are making him look. We as humans take God and we make him look like he is exception of people. And I apologize if you hear my voice going up and down and echoey and not echoey, but I'm walking around my house trying to preach to you today. God has given me this word for everyone who may listen. We have got to stop, ladies and gentlemen, getting or making God look like he has an exception of people. The Bible clearly states that God has no exception of people. Clearly it states that. God has no exception of people. He has no exception of people. So that means his mercy does not have exception of people either. His love has no exception of people either. Dios no tiene excepción de personas. God has no exception of people. What we make him look is that we make him look like he has exception of people. We as Christians have the audacity and the bad habit. And glory to God because I know I talked about a little bit about this on Saturday. And glory to God because my father, my, my earthly father, my actual father, my dad, ladies and gentlemen, talked about this in New York when he, when he was invited to New York this past weekend. He talked a little bit about this himself. And it's not that I took his word or he took my word because, you know, I know for a fact he can't listen to the, uh, to the broadcast. But, and it's not that I took his word because I didn't know that he was going to talk about this in New York this past weekend. And he didn't know I was going to talk about this today or Saturday. So glory to God because it is God's it is God confirming his word. It is God making making it a a a a word straight from him. But moving on, we have the bad habit and we have the audacity as Christians or as Jewish people or as the believers of God, however you want to call it, however you want to call yourself, believers of God, Christians, Jewish, uh, uh, followers, his children, whatever you want to call yourself. And the reason I don't only put Christians as believers, because I know for a fact that the Bible says that Jewish people are his people first, and then it's us, the Gentiles, the Christians. But that's a whole different topic. What I'm trying to say here, ladies and gentlemen, is that God has no exception of people. We, we need to stop making him look like he he has exception of people. We Need to stop making him look like he has exception of people. 
We have that, well, uh, that audacity. We have that bad habit of making God look like he has exceptional people when he does not. We say, oh, you can't be a Christian or you can't be a follower of God. You can't be a follower of Jesus. You can't be a follower of God or a Christian if you don't wear this clothing, these clothings that I have. You can't be a Christian if you don't preach like me. You can't be a Christian if you don't do things like me. You can't be a believer of God or a child of God if you don't dress like this, if you don't dress like me, if you don't act like me, if you don't know. No, 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 no. Because, ladies and gentlemen, who are we trying to serve? Man or God? We are not trying to serve man. We cannot say, act like me and you will be a Christian. You cannot say, dress like me and you will be a Christian. Because God uses and has mercy on who he wants to have mercy on. Am I coming in clear today? Praise Jesus. God has mercy on who he wants to have mercy on. The Bible says it. His word says it. We can't say, oh, if you don't go to church on Saturdays, you are not a Christian. If you don't go to church on Sundays, you are not a Christian. If you don't go to church on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever the case may be, you're not a Christian. We have our own, our own beliefs. And we want everyone else to follow our own beliefs because then we don't believe that they are true Christians. We don't believe that God can use them. We don't believe that God has mercy on them. We don't believe that God loves them like, they love, like He loves us. But that is where we are wrong. That is where, we're, where you and I are both wrong. Because again, it goes back. God's mercy. God's mercy has, God has mercy on who he wants to have mercy on. We cannot say, we have the audacity to say it anyway, but we cannot and we should not say, oh, that person went to hell because he was bad. That person went to hell because he did not serve God. That person went to hell, that person went to heaven because he did serve God. That person went to heaven because he was a preacher. That person went to heaven because he was a pastor. That person went to heaven, that person went to hell because he was a bad preacher. That person went to hell because he was not a pastor. That person went to hell because he did not follow God. We cannot say that. We cannot. Because the Bible st clearly states that God has mercy on who he wants to have mercy on. And that means, ladies and gentlemen, he chooses who goes to heaven and who doesn't. Who goes to hell and who doesn't. Does that make him look like he has exceptional people? No. That makes him look like God. What do I mean by that? How is this not confusing, you might ask? You're confusing me, Jadip, you're probably saying. You're confusing me. You're saying that God has no exception of people, but he has mercy on who he wants to have mercy on. That sounds like he has exception of people, but no. It sounds contradicting, but it is not. God 
Ladies and gentlemen, it is God. We cannot understand the mind of God. We cannot understand why God does the things that he does. Why God doesn't do the things that he doesn't do. We can never understand it. Because we are not God. He is God. And because he is God. Santissimo Lord Cristo, you are worthy of praise Jesus. Because he is God. He is allowed to say. Who he has mercy on. We're not allowed to say it. He he is allowed to say what and what isn't and what is. We're not allowed to say it. We are not God. He is. God has mercy on who he wants to have mercy on. God loves everyone equally. God has mercy on everyone equally. But only he chooses who he wants to have mercy on when it comes to going to hell or going to heaven after they die. We just lost, ladies and gentlemen, a very iconic, very, very, ladies and gentlemen, very big legend. A legend in the music industry. Aretha Franklin. Super well-known very famously known for R-A-S-P-E-C-T. Respect. Very famously known for that legendary and iconic song. An icon, a legend in the music industry. We just lost her this past weekend. We can. We can say. If. We can say, may God have mercy on her. We can say, thank you God for her life. But we cannot say, what we cannot say is she definitely went to heaven or she definitely went to hell because this, that, or the other. Only God knows. And only she, of course. Only God knows if he, I mean, excuse me, if she Went to heaven or went to hell. Because only God can decide that. We can't say, oh, Aretha Franklin was a was a singer from the world, so she definitely went to hell. Or Aretha Franklin was a saint, so she definitely went to heaven. Only God knows, ladies and gentlemen. If she is in heaven, glory to God. Praise God for that. But if she's in hell... Only God knows why. Let us hope. What we can do is hope. We can hope that she is in heaven. We can. Let us hope that she is. But we can't say that she is or that she isn't. We can't say she's definitely there or definitely not there. Jesus is worthy. God's mercy Ladies and gentlemen, God's mercy is everlasting. God has mercy on who he wants to have mercy on. That is the point. God has mercy on who he wants to have mercy on. That is the point. And God's mercy is more bigger than we can ever imagine. That is the other point. We 
need to stop making exception of people for God. Santísimo eres Cristo. I feel God is speaking. God is speaking today, ladies and gentlemen. Even though it might be a podcast exclusive. This may be a podcast exclusive. But I feel that God is speaking. I feel God is speaking to somebody today. Praise Jesus. We need to stop. We need to stop. I said this on Saturday. We need to stop making exceptions of people for God. We need to stop. We cannot compare. That's another thing. Do not. If you are not Christian. Do not compare man to God. Man is man. Man is imperfect. Man makes mistakes. And when I say man, I mean man and woman. I mean human. Human. (laughs) As I like to say. When the Bible says man, or when the Bible says man, it means man and woman. It doesn't only mean man. When I say man right now, it means human. Human, as I like to say. Do not compare man to God, ladies and gentlemen. Those of you who are not Christian, those of you who are not believers of God, but are listening to this podcast today. For some reason or another, you might think it's coincidence, but it is not. It is God trying to speak to you. Do not compare man to God. Man is imperfect. Man makes mistakes. We are all born imperfect. We are all born with mistakes. We are all born with defects. We are all born differently. We are all born, ladies and gentlemen, with sin. With evil. We are naturally evil. We are naturally born evil. Naturally. Because of the sin that Adam committed... Back in Bible times, the first man ever created, from what we know anyway, back to the first man, ladies and gentlemen, back when when Adam was created and Adam first committed sin, he took us apart, he took us away from the glory of God, the Bible says it. Because of the, uh, the sin that Adam committed. Why doesn't it say Eve? Why doesn't it say because of the sin that Adam and Eve committed? Why does it only say Adam? Because Adam, ladies and gentlemen, was the high priest, if you will. The Bible calls us men the high priests of our house. The high priests of our house. The high pastors of our house. We're supposed to take care of our house spiritually. We're supposed to take, the, take care of the spiritual... Of, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The spiritual aspects of our life. Of our house. We're supposed to make or want our family to serve God in every aspect of the world. That's why it says Adam and not Eve. Because of the sin that Adam committed. We are all born evil. We are all naturally evil. 
we are all naturally sinners. Because he was the first man. And because he was the first man, ladies and gentlemen, that makes us ancestors from him. And he is our ancestor. And because he is our first ancestor, that makes us all born from him, so that makes us all sinners. But do not compare God to man. Because man is man, imperfect, mistakable. But God is God, perfect in every way. No mistakes, no regrets, no lies. God is God. Do not compare God to man. Do not say, oh, because man is evil, God has to be evil. No. Do not say, because man commits sin, God has to be a sinful God. No way, Jose. No way, Jeffrey. If you don't, if you don't want to go to the Latino saying, the Latino name. No way, Jeffrey. Mm-mm. Do not compare God to man. God is God. Perfect. Unmistakable. Uncomparable. God is the God, the Lord of hosts. God, God is the, the, the one, the name above all names. God is Jehovah Nisi. God is Jehovah Jireh. God is Hai Santo is Dios. Jesus, you are worthy. Feeling God today, huh, in my house. Don't tell me you can't feel God in your own house. Jesus is worthy. God is the God of the impossible. For us, for us, things may seem impossible. For him, nothing is. For man, things may seem impossible. For us, nothing, um, for, for, for God, nothing is. And I might even dare to say for us Christians, nothing should be impossible. Because we can do, we can do all things. <laughs> I apologize for my daughter's interruption. Do not compare God to man. Do not say because man commits evil, because man has evil, because there's so much evil in this world that makes God an evil God. On the contrary, because God is such a good God, ladies and gentlemen, he gave us free will. He gave us the free will to either serve him or don't serve him. He gave us the free will to, ladies and gentlemen, praise him or not praise him. He gave us the free will to believe in Him or not to believe in Him. Oh, but trust me, there's a time limit. Why do I mean there's a time limit? Because the Bible says, In one day all knees shall bow and all tongues shall confess that Jesus is Lord, that God is King. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is the Lord of Lords. Santo eres Dios. Ay, Santo, you are worthy of praise, Jesus. 
God has mercy. Do not make exception of God for Christians. I mean, do not make of do not make exception of man for God for us Christians. And for you non-Christians, do not compare God to man. Do not compare God's goodness with man's evil. Because yes, sometimes the devil is the one to blame. But sometimes it is our own free will. It is our own free will. It is our own fault. Because it is our own naturally evil flesh that makes us commit the evil wrongs. Yes, sometimes it is the devil. Sometimes it is the demons. Sometimes it is a spiritual battle. But sometimes it is us ourselves, our flesh. Ladies and gentlemen, this skin, this, this skin, this, this outer body that you see in the mirror sometimes controls you. Sometimes tells you what to do and you listen. Oh, trust me. The flesh, this outer flesh is stronger than you think. The outer flesh is stronger than you think because the outer flesh wants pleasure all the time. It wants its own definition of pleasure. It wants its own definition of pleasure. It wants its own definition of, 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 of goodness. Not God's definition. Your flesh will always try to push you away from God. Your flesh will always try to push you away from the goodness of God. Your flesh will always try to push you away, ladies and gentlemen, from church, from God, from the Bible, from fasting, from prayer. You want to pray, your spirit wants to pray, but your flesh wants to see the football game. Hello. You, your flesh wants to fast, but your, I mean, your, your, excuse me, your spirit wants to fast, but your flesh wants to be a glutton and eat all the food in the fridge. Hello, somebody. Your, your, your spirit wants to fast, but you want to go, your flesh wants to go into an all-you-can-eat buffet. Your spirit wants to read the Bible, but your flesh, <laughs> and this hits home, this hits home, your spirit wants to read the Bible, but your flesh wants to see that wrestling pay-per-view, hello, that pay-per-view, or that, that, that wrestling show, I'm not going to say which. Jesus is worthy. I'm telling you this hits home because I love I, I love wrestling as much as, as the next guy. I'm not saying that those things are bad. I'm not saying those things are, are bad for on occasion. Because the Bible says there's a time for everything. There's a season for everything. So I'm not saying those things are bad on occasion. But when, when God needs to be praised, when God wants you to give him some time, God means to give him some time. God wants the 10%, at least 10% of your day. That is the tithe of your day, ladies and gentlemen. What is 10% of 24 hours? That is 2 hours and 40 minutes. 
Two hours and 40 minutes. That's all God needs. Sometimes we don't even want to give them five minutes of prayer. Sometimes we don't even want to give them one hour of no eating or two hours or, or five hours of no eating. Sometimes we don't even want to give them five minutes, ten minutes of, of, of reading the Bible, of knowing His Word. Jesus is good. Your flesh is stronger than you think. So do not compare God to man. God is God, perfect in every way. God is God, perfect in every way. Man is man, naturally evil, naturally sinful, naturally trying to be away from God. But your spirit, your conscience, which is sometimes, I like to say, is the Holy Spirit. Your conscience will tell you otherwise. Your conscience is the holy is, is is God's gift. I've always said it's God's gift of telling you what's right and what's not. Everyone has conscience. Even the most evil person in this world has conscience, but sometimes he he ignores that conscience. And so his heart becomes stone. Not literally, spiritually. His heart becomes stone, and so he no longer listens to his conscience. That's why he does the evil that he does. Like I said, yes, sometimes it is the devil. Sometimes it is his demons. But other times, it's our own flesh. It's our own body. It's our own natural-born evil. So do not compare God to man. God, ladies and gentlemen, will use anything to try to get you to listen. If he needs you to listen, he will use rocks themselves. Santo Dios. If he needs you to listen, ladies and gentlemen, God will use rocks if he has to. The Bible says if we don't speak the word of God, the rocks will. I'm talking to Christians right now. The Bible says it clearly, if we don't speak the word of God, if we don't speak what God wants us to say, if we don't speak what God wants us to, to, to speak, if we don't say what God wants us to say, and none of us want to speak the word of God, the rocks will, the stones will. Think about that. We're talking about inanimate objects. Inanimate objects, such as rocks and stones, will speak for us when we don't want to speak what God wants us to speak. Sometimes God will use the least person you can think of instead of using a man of God. As we like to say it. Instead of using a man of God. Instead of using a, 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 a preacher. A pastor. A prophet. Sometimes. God will use. A drug addict. Sometimes. 
God will use an alcoholic. And it's happened. These are not stories, ladies and gentlemen. This is real. It's happened before. God had to use, if I'm not mistaken, an alcoholic one day to preach to a church, to speak to a church. Because the preachers and the pastors and the prophets and the deacons and nobody else wanted to preach. And the man of God that was supposed to be there did not want to go. So God had to use the person that you least expected. An alcoholic. Or a drug addict. Somebody. And he brought him to that church and he says, God told me to say this. And that church was shocked. That church was flabbergasted. That church, as we say in Spanish, se quedó con la boca abierta. It, it, they opened, they kept their mouths open in shock and dismay that God had to use a, a, a person such as this just for the church to listen. Oh, okay. I think I remember what it was now. It wasn't none of what I just said. God is making me remember that it was because the church didn't want to listen to none of the preachers, none of the pastors, none of the deacons, none of the other people that, that, the, that, that God has sent. So he sent the least person they thought of, an alcoholic. And God said, let him speak. He told the pastor. And the pastor gave him the microphone. And he says, God said this, this, that, and the other. Because you don't want to listen to a preacher. You don't want to listen to a pastor. You don't want to listen to anybody else. He's going to take somebody you will listen to because you have to listen to him. And he told me to tell you this. And that church was shocked. Santo de Dios. God, ladies and gentlemen, will use what he has to. When he needs to speak. When he needs for you to know something. When he needs for you to see something. When he needs for you to know something that he wants you to know. For you to see something that he wants you to see or hear something he wants you to hear. He will use whatever he has to. The Bible says that he used the ass. He used the donkey to talk to Balak. Santo de Dios. He used... A animal. He opened the, the, the he opened the mouth of the animal. He opened the mouth of the donkey, ladies and gentlemen, to speak to the servant of God. Because God told him not to go somewhere. And him, he did not want to listen to God and he still wanted to go. And God and the Bible says that God sent an angel of the Lord to block the path. And when the donkey saw that angel of the Lord, because the animals know. The animals can see what we can't see, just like babies. Babies are innocent. Babies in their innocence can see what we can't see. They know, they have their spiritual eyes open. 
The Bible says that God opened the 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 that God opened the mouth of the donkey, of the ass. And I'm not trying to say that word just to be funny. That's what the Bible calls it. That God opened the mouth of the ass, and the and because He kept spanking, He kept hitting the ass, He kept punishing the donkey because He would not move. He kept punishing the donkey because he would not move. And the donkey says to him, why are you punishing me? You don't see, and I'm paraphrasing here. You don't see what I see in front of me. You don't see what I see in front of my eyes. Why would you think that I would disobey you? Have you not have I, have I disobeyed you before that the donkey told him? Have I disobeyed you before that you need to punish me now? Have I not been loyal to you? Why would you think that I'm going to stop somewhere where you told me not to stop if I don't see what's in front of me? I see what is in front of me. This servant of God disobeyed God Ladies and gentlemen, and in his mercy, he sent an angel. The donkey saw the angel. And the angel, the Bible says, had his sword up in the air, ready to strike, ready to kill the donkey and Balaam. Balaam, I believe it was. If they moved, if they went towards that place. Ready to strike. The Bible says that the donkey said to Balaam, he said, Why are you punishing me? Have I not been loyal? Have I not been obedient? Why would I stop somewhere if I didn't know where I was going? Why would I stop somewhere if I didn't, if I, if I see, if I know where I'm going, why would I stop? Why else would I stop if I, if I know where you're taking me? If I know that you are my, are my master. I see an angel of God ready to strike both of us. And I am trying to save your life here. And I'm paraphrasing again. You can read the story in the Bible. And it wasn't until that God opened the eyes of the servant of God, of the, the servant of Balaam, that he did not. It wasn't until then that he, that he didn't understand why the donkey was not moving. God had to open the mouth of the donkey to say, I'm saving you. I'm stopping because I see what is in front of me. An angel is blocking the path. I am not about to get killed for you. Think about that. Donkey says, I am not about to get killed for you. I am not about to die for you. You may be my master, but huh, my life is first.
So God, ladies and gentlemen, will use what he has to in order for us to understand something, in order for us to see what he wants us to see. God, ladies and gentlemen, will use anything that he has to. As I said before, if we don't speak the word of God, that God wants us to speak, he will use stones, he will use rocks, the Bible says. He will use what he has to. He will use an alcoholic before he uses a preacher if he has to. If the, again, it's happened before. The church didn't believe the preacher, so he sent an alcoholic, he sent a drug addict, that I don't remember what it was, but he sent somebody, the least person they expected, for the church to, to actually listen. For the church to actually listen, he sent the one person they know that he knew they would listen to because they would be shocked and they wouldn't have and they wouldn't have any other choice but to listen to the one person that that God had to use. The Bible says that God uses anyone he wants to. God uses anyone he wants to. God chooses who he wants to and God uses who he wants to. Not trying to be poetic here, but hey. God chooses who he wants to and God uses who he wants to. He's using me right now to speak to you. Back in the day, I used to be like Jeremiah. If you read the book of Jeremiah... I used to say, like Jeremiah used to say, I'm a kid. I'm only 28. I'm only 28. I, I don't remember what the Bible says, if the Bible says Jeremiah, how old Jeremiah was, but I'm only 28 and I'm speaking to you. I'm not a famous preacher. I'm not, a, I'm not the greatest preacher, but I'm giving you the words that God has given me. I used to be like Jeremiah. Back in my early 20s, when I was 20, 21, I didn't want to speak the word of God. I didn't want to preach. I was too scared. I was like Jeremiah. I was saying to God, do not choose me because I am a kid. And what did God say to Jeremiah? He says, do not say that you are a kid. Do not say I am a kid as your excuse. He was basically saying, do not give that to me as an excuse because I knew you before you entered your mother's womb. Before you entered your mother's womb, I knew you. And I still know you today. I know who you are. And you will speak to them. Speak to my people what I tell you to say. And that is what God is saying. God, that's what God told me. God said to me one day, you are going to preach to the nations. And this is not for my own glory. This is for His. This is for God's glory. He told me one day, you are going to preach to the nations. You are going to go to the nations and preach what I tell you to say. And I don't know if He meant that literally. 
But I don't know if he meant that in podcast, uh, that the podcast goes around the world in an instant. I don't know. Only God knows. But that's what he said. That's what he told me. For the glory of God, I say it. I'm only 28. I'm not some famous preacher. I'm not some famous, you know, celebrity. And I'm not trying to be famous on this podcast. I'm trying to do what God has called me to do. Here in my house. I'm trying to do what God has called me to do. God told me to preach. I'm going to preach. I'm not going to let the stones preach for me now. That'll be embarrassing. That will be the biggest humiliation. For God to use somebody else when he told me to, to do it myself. <laughs> it's happened before. God will use who he has to and who he wants to use. If you don't listen to him, if you don't listen to God, and if you don't listen to what God is sending you to do, he's going to use somebody else. Hello. I feel like I'm speaking to somebody. I don't know who you are, but God is saying, speak. I don't know who you are, but God is saying, speak. I will tell you what to say. Don't tell me you're a kid. Don't tell me you're too old. Don't tell me you're too young. Don't tell me you're too busy. God does not want excuses. Santissimo es Cristo. God does not need excuses. He does not want excuses. He wants obedience. God says, the Bible says that God wants obedience before sacrifice. That means that obedience for God is much, much, much more greater than any sacrifice that you can give Him. Than any sacrifice. And that includes fasting. That includes two hours of prayer. That includes three hours of reading the Bible. Whatever the case may be. You might be sacrificing all you want, but God first, Santissimo de Dios, God first wants your obedience. Do not give excuses. Moses tried to give excuses. I know I'm off topic, but I don't know where I'm going, why I'm saying this, but only God knows. Moses tried to give excuses. And God says, don't give me no excuses. Who made man's power? Who made the blind sea? Who made any of these humans that you see before you? Who made the Pharaoh? Who made anyone? And I'm paraphrasing again. It was me. It was I, God said. And I'm telling you to go. Now go. Moses tried to give excuses before when God spoke to him in the burning bush. In the burning bush. Read it. You'll find it. Trust me. In the book of Exodus. Moses tried to give every excuse in the book. I'm too young. I'm too old. They won't listen. Pharaoh won't listen. 
They're not going to listen to me. I was the prince of Egypt. I was the person that killed their families. I was the person that killed this person, that person, the other person. I was the prince. They're not going to listen to me now as somebody who is nobody. And God says, do not give me your excuses. I'm telling you to go. And you're going to go. And he says, I'm going to smite Egypt with all my power. You're going to show Pharaoh who I am. God is saying to you today, I want obedience. I don't want excuses. I want obedience. I don't want excuses. Don't give me excuses. Give me results. Give me results. Give me obedience. Obey. I am mercy. My God's mercy. God is having mercy on you today. God is having mercy on everyone who is listening today. Obey God. Come to God if you don't know Him. Accept Jesus in your heart if you don't know Him. I promise you. I promise you, you will be changed. Don't give me excuses. You're probably thinking, John, if I can't go to a church, I can't go to this church, that church, or the other church. They won't accept me. Then go to a different one. Because God is looking for you. God wants you just like you are. It's not for this church to accept you. Don't worry about the church accepting you. Worry about God accepting you in heaven. Don't worry about this, the humans accepting you. Worry about God, what God wants to do for you, what God wants to, how God wants to use you. God wants to use you in such a way you've never seen before, but you have to believe in Him first. You have to trust in Him first. God wants to use you, my friend. You have to trust in Him first. Don't trust in man. Don't listen to man. Man makes mistakes. Read the Word of God first. Read it second. Read it third. And then... Obey His Word. Obey God's Word before you obey your pastors. Obey God's word before you obey the preacher. Obey God before man, ladies and gentlemen. Put God first above everything. Above everything. Put God in that top spot. In that number one spot. Put God above everything else. Your number one priority, as I always say. Come to Jesus. He will make you new. He will change you. And Christians who are listening to this, do not make exception of people for God. God has no exception of people. He has no exception of race, no exception of color, no exception of language, no exception of, of, of nationality, of, of culture. God has no exception. He created everyone, everyone, everyone. 
And so you should accept and love everyone. Don't accept them for who they, who they are now. Accept them for what God wants them to be. Accept them as children of God. Declare that they are going to be or that they are children of God. Don't accept them for their sinful nature. Or don't accept their sinful nature. Accept them for children of God. Creations of God. Love them like God wants you to love them. That is the golden rule. Love thy neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if you hate yourself, if you hate yourself, still love your neighbor. And if you love yourself, love your neighbor even more. And I'm not talking about your literal neighbor. I'm talking about the about, about people that are around you every day in the Walmart line, in the pickup line, in the self-checkout, in the in the in the movie theater, in the church, out the church, on the street, in the car, in the mall, wherever you go. The person behind you, the person in front of you, the person on the side of you, the person next to you, love them. Because that, that is what God's love does. God loves them, so you and I should love them. Accept Jesus in your heart today, my friend, if you haven't already. In your own words, say, Dear Jesus, Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for dying for me on the cross and resurrecting on the third day to give me a life in abundance. I don't understand anything yet, but I want you to teach me. I don't fully understand what this preacher is saying, what Jesse Jarrup is saying, but I want you to teach me. I don't know if, if I believe Jesse Jarrup, but I want to believe in you. Teach me. And if Jesse Jarb is wrong, teach him too. If Jesse Jarb is right, use him even more. And use me like you use him. Santo Jesus. Accept you in my heart. I accept you in my heart as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. My friend, if you do this small prayer... If you even repeat the small prayer with all your heart, we believe as Christians you will be born again. We believe that you are now added into the family of Jesus Christ. Welcome to the family, as I always say. Get into a good Bible-based Christian church and don't remember and don't forget. Don't forget. Don't worry about humans accepting you. Don't worry about that church accepting you. God has already accepted you. God has already written your name in the book of life when you accepted him right now. And if you haven't, I encourage you to. God has already accepted you in your name and wrote your name in the book of life. That means you are officially accepted into 
heaven into the family of Christ, whether they want you in that church or not. You are a child of God, so nobody else matters. Put God first. God first, then your family. God first, then whoever comes next. But always put God first. May God bless your day, your night, and the rest of your week. I hope you take this uh, or word and keep it in your heart and, and follow it. Follow the word of God. Like I said, if you accepted Jesus, congratulations. You are now my brother in Christ, my sister in Christ. Get into a good Bible-based Christian church and make God your only number one priority. May God bless your day, your night, and the rest of your week. This has been a podcast exclusive of Christian thoughts and God's mercy. God bless.